Welcome to episode 27 of the Switch Mania Playcast. This is your post-Black Friday Playcast, where we're all broke, but we're still going to talk about games. Oh, without a doubt, broke is a joke. <laughs> oh, I'm Crazy. so broke right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad that I don't collect like a completionist. Um... And that my OCD collector anxiety is subsequently quenched when I put everything in my games to get section on my spreadsheet. Um, because like in the future, there'll be a Switch Collector book where you can keep track of everything. But while I'm working on that, I have a little Excel spreadsheet like everybody else. And I did check off multiple this Black Friday, but they were like 20 bucks or less each. So much. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I didn't go for any of the games on sale because I unfortunately already had them, which hurt. Um, but no, Always uh, does, man. Always does. I, I, I just spent a lot of GameStop doing there. They had a buy one, get one free on the, the 360 PS3. Oh, yeah. And, and I got like over 100 games, but like averaging about three dollars a game or so hundred <laughs> so games you hear over. that everybody over a <laughs> hundred games i bought like four yeah. <laughs> i think the one that i the only one i told you about was assassin's creed odyssey on the xbox one yeah um and that was just because it was like less than ten dollars <laughs> yeah it, it was ridiculous uh, i also went to a uh, local GameStop, not, 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 not GameStop, but a game shop um, where they do uh, 33% off on Black Friday. Nice. And I probably went overboard. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about doing GameCube and Dreamcast sets next. Yeah, so yeah. I literally went and any GameCube or Dreamcast game they had that I didn't have, I just bought if it was ah. complete. Because they price just under eBay. And then getting 33% off, you don't have to wait for shipping. You can see it right there. Like it, It's just the best way to do it. I mean, and, and that is something to be said about brick-and-mortar, mom-and-pop, retro gaming stores. Like, obviously, whoever this owner is, no one have any clue what store this is, they're obviously passionate about games because they're not pricing over eBay. And you know what they're getting from you? Sales. Like, oh, yeah. you can literally price over eBay and try to get top dollar for everything. But like you got to keep the the doors open, and getting sales is what's going to do that. As long as you have a way to get stock. Oh, the, this this is a very popular. I mean, I could say that it's digital press. Um, many oh, people yeah. have heard oh, yeah. of digital press. Um, so you know they do a thirty three percent off on Black Friday, which is amazing, and mm-hmm. there's tons of people there, tons of friends to get to hang out with. But uh, yeah, yeah they, they're smart. They're very oh, smart. Oh, so you Friday. got to hang out with uh, Mr. Frowny yeah. Face Paul Solo. Oh, yes, I did see Paul. Yep, Paul, <laughs> Paul and Mark. I, I did hang out with them. Probably um, already put a frowny face on this episode. Already. already. Already did it. <laughs> you know what's funny is like, it's like everybody's Black Friday sales, and I'm like, I got a CIB Minty Jarius and Joust and a gray NES collector's case. And like, that's the stuff that I got because I went and, um, to a local retro gaming store. Nice. Um, it's like retro collecting. Um, and Maddie's custom tees, <laughs> and because they're the ones doing the Switch Collector T-shirts, though. Um, and so he was running Black Friday sales, but basically he also has a shelf of Hagen's Alley books. So I did a book signing and stuff for him. That's there. fantastic. Yeah, and took my daughter over there. She's running around and 
it was it was fun. It's a really small retro gaming store, but this is a really small town I live in. So <laughs> hey, now, now when when you move, are you still going to work out deals to keep your books there? Or yeah, I mean, books? yeah, I mean, I'll absolutely you know keep books wherever. I mean, there's places um, out in like Columbus, Ohio that have my books and. Uh, there's places out in Michigan and Wisconsin and Oklahoma and California and <laughs> Arizona, like all over the country. There's retro game stores like the one in Columbus is Warp Zone and they're super cool. And I'm not even sure because I am really, really bad about follow up when it comes to like stock and things because, you know, I work a full time job, too. So. I don't really have time to go, hey, do you need any more books to like every single store? And I feel bad because, you know, some of them have been awesome supporting me. Um, but I, yeah, if they want more and they contact me, I'll absolutely get them more books. But it's, it's super cool to like how far my little niche obsession with documenting video games has gone. <laughs> you're nationwide. <laughs> nationwide. And you're on everyone's side. It's nationwide. It's more like worldwide. When I see where I'm <laughs> shipping these books to every like country, I, I literally need to have like a, a globe and get like thumb thumbtacks and like put in like the countries where I've shipped <clears> to. <throat> That'd be super cool because I, I'm getting close to like like at least a hundred countries. That is fantastic. <laughs> it's insane though. And, <laughs> Isn't yeah. Well, and that's when like when I do the switch collector, everyone's like, "Why is shipping so high?" I'm like, "Because I've shipped books the same size, and it costs sixty dollars to ship it to you. <laughs> like, like it's cost sixty dollars to ship stuff to Europe or Australia. Like it's what it, it's eighty dollars sometimes in Australia. Like too bad you can't uh, find like a like a shop almost like in the. So let's say the UK, if you have a lot of orders in the UK, that will you know sell your book, mm-hmm. and you could just ship in bulk to them, and the the backers can just at least pick up the book, and it'll save them on shipping, kind of deal. Like if they're well, close to that shop. I do have that. Um, however, like I've had a few actually um, in Europe offer it up, and other authors too in Europe. But the problem is, is that split shipping on a pallet is like thousands of dollars. Um, so in the end, it's the same price if I just ship it all from me as if I ship it all to them and it ends up costing them the same because I have to work in that full price into the price, even though it would cost less to ship it from the guy in Europe to them. It would cost him like 30 bucks, um, or $20. I still have to cover the the bulk cost too, right? Because otherwise I'm paying out of the book costs to print the books for shipping. So it's all a weird, weird, unique thing. That's crazy. It's like a formula. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> now, what, but what if, what if they could pick up the book instead? Like if it's like a centralized location? Well, yeah, it's true. I mean, and the thing is, is that if I could do that and I could um, lower costs, like there's a huge retro gaming scene in Europe and they literally like I I don't blame them that they don't want to pay double the price of the book for shipping, like don't blame them at all. Um, and there's a lot of because I see a lot of my buddies that are authors, um, that that have European distribution, uh, do really well out there. And also like there's other European authors that I'll see on Kickstarter, um, and they like 
do gangbusters and it's like it's all european crazy collectors and i love it but it's like they can't afford my books but again like i can't afford to subsidize year round i i'll subsidize for like a kickstarter like i did with the switch collector though so i try to do what i can um and i think in the future and if people listening want to like that own a game store in europe or something want to like we'll work something out for sure but for right now it's like i'm basically shipping from my um warehouse in europe or warehouse in europe warehouse in in the states <laughs> i don't have a warehouse in europe um <laughs> uh but the thing is though is that if they had freaking media mail to to worldwide we'd be good they don't it's like no. it's freaking books so then when my books are six pounds that's six pound package and it's like ugh, gross man gross <laughs> So, well, stop making such big books. <laughs> yeah, stop putting so much content and stuff. Yeah, how dare you give such information? <laughs> stop it! <laughs> so, um, basically, we've been going crazy with Black Friday. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of crazy. Did you see anything crazy on social media regarding the the playcast or anything? I don't think I saw anything super crazy this this week. Uh, no, I didn't see anything super crazy. Um, just that. You know, from what I saw, people were uh, enjoying what they've been listening to, which is always a pleasure and yeah. uh, is an honor. And, and and thank you for all the listeners out there that that do enjoy, you know, listening to us ramble on about video games for an hour and a half or whatever. <laughs> and, and I do know that um, we've had a few requests for uh, for JP um, as all this because everybody loves crazy crazy old I can't JP with him. I, I, you know, <laughs> I can just... do it, JP. Yeah, I'm just, he's just I'm the not, JP guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's finally succumbed and, and given into his. He's the giveaway guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. All month he's doing a giveaway every, every day. day. Like, like. Oh, I don't want to be known as the giveaway guy. That was like the first thing he said on the playcast. <laughs> like, dude, what every day? Come on, man. <laughs> um, but I do know that he indicated he um wants to get back into recording barry and i are talking about whether we could all somehow get words in if jp's on it not taking breaths talking so <laughs> so we'll see um you know we can probably do something with uh, a mute button with you recording where you can like manually mute jp so we can go ahead do our thing we could unmute him he's like in the middle of a sentence let him go on for a little bit then mute him again and go all right let's continue <laughs> that would be so evil i like it now <laughs> we can't do that to <laughs> poor jp but um but the thing is though is that the main thing was jp never really had a whole lot of time to play because he's always researching and posting about the newest games and stuff so the playcast portion might be us and then we might have jp on the collector section and just i might have either two episodes like with it which works or i cut it together which i don't like to edit because i don't have time to edit so (laughs) we'll see who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe JP and I can do a collector's section, and I'll listen to him ramble on and on, and I'll throw in my two cents here or there. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's what I'm saying. We do a second recording with JP, do a playcast recording, and we a can second. call it that second recording with JP. <laughs> second recording with JP, Jonathan Poulan, because <laughs> he calls Mario Mario like you do. <laughs> Mario. <laughs> Um, before we go off to any news or anything crazy, let's let's talk about the game of the episode. Um, oh, yeah. get to it really okay. early today. <laughs> nice, yeah. Unlike unlike, <laughs> like last episode <laughs> where we got into it like an hour and fifteen oh, minutes. Holy cow! The thing is, nobody really complains. I just like what, like to get to the point. 
<laughs> that way people aren't like, oh, there's an hour of bullshit. And then... <laughs> I was listening to this in the car because I had a 30-minute commute, and you never even talked about the game I wanted to hear you talk about. <laughs> now, 12 minutes in, we got All right. It. So let's New talk record. about some Downwell. Downwell's um, definitely a classic, and I, I wanted to pick something that gave us um, – that we could play, like, in an hour or two uh, just to enjoy an arcade game – um, kind of what I've been wanting to do during the holiday season, even though we probably have a few different, and we're going to talk about it, but we have a, a few different things that we're going to uh, talk about at the end of the episode for like the rest of the holiday season. Um, but yeah, this is like a perfect fit, even though if you go to how long does it take, I think it does say like 10 hours or something crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's insane. <clears throat> um, so Downwell, set the wallpaper. Downwell is a roguelike... Vertically scrolling shooter platform video game. <laughs> like, jeez. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> it's developed by Moppin. <laughs> it's uh, Ohiro Fumoto, is known as Moppin. Uh, published by Devolver Digital. Um, and the game was released on iOS, Microsoft Windows, uh, Android, PS4, Vita, uh, and then eventually the Nintendo Switch. In 2019, um, let's see which which company uh, Barry released it on the Switch. Special Reserve. Special the Reserve. Did the uh, physical, and I'm assuming and, there's going to be a limited run version of it, like a limited run cover. And the awesome part about the um, Special Reserve, obviously, is that the box is like classic black box style, but it's like that awesome Special Reserve material. I'll say that every day on episode. <laughs> it's I love that episode. That 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 episode. <laughs> I love that uh, that box style that they do, and it comes with the flip grip. So the flip grip, if people don't know what that is, is a little basically a Joy-Con slot connector where you put the screen in vertically or Tate mode (laughs) (laughs) and you connect the Joy-Cons on the side and it allows you to play everything in Tate mode which Downwell is playable full screen in Tate mode whereas if you're not playing it with the flip grip and you're playing it normally it um it's like a tiny portion on the screen so if you're not on a big TV, it's hard in handheld mode for that way. Um, now, keep in mind with the flip grip, uh, you have to have a quote-unquote powered Joy-Con. So if you have that Legend of Zelda D-pad that doesn't have power with it, it won't work in the flip grip. Um, the Daemon Ux Machina, if you cut them down so it fits in the <laughs> in the uh, flip grip, those won't work because it's not powered. So something to keep in mind with the flip grip and that's the same thing with the switch little pro controller for the joy cons that comes with the nintendo switch the one that's not powered the one that's not charging that also won't work with those same controllers because they require the power of the switch the power of the switch to um to actually you're playing with power super power power. (laughs) um so, uh, continuing with Downwell, uh, the art style, underground level design has been compared to Splunky and Cave Story. Um, I would say it's definitely more like Game Boy style, in my opinion. Um, and there's basically just three basic controls. You move left and right and jump. 
while on solid surfaces. While you're mid-air, you press and hold the jump button to fire your gun boots. And as you go from level to level, you unlock power-ups that you get to choose that are random. And then, so for example, when you shoot your bullets, the shell casings damage. Or when you jump, it causes an explosion. Or you can eat the dead bodies of your enemies to get life. <laughs> like, those are, it's really cool, the, the craziness. And you can buy upgrades in little rooms through the levels. So yep. I think I'll leave the wallpaper at that. So what were your thoughts of this, Barry? <laughs> uh, so I went into this blind. I, I nice. went into this with you like, we're going to do Denwell. And I was like, oh, okay, we're doing Denwell. Um, which, which uh, <laughs> if you listened to last episode, it hadn't arrived. Or nope. at least I hadn't got it yet. But when, after we recorded, I went upstairs. And sure enough, there was the box just sitting there. So I did get it. Um, and, and he showed me a I, picture of two. And I'm like, why the hell do you have two? And he's yep, like, oh, both yeah. consoles. <laughs> yeah, I got the PS4 version as well. Is, that's cool. Um, so... I, I didn't have like hours to play this because of the holidays, but mm-hmm. this was a perfect game for this. However, I will say that I, I think I spent an hour and a half on it, and I'm honestly done with it. And d- not done okay. with it like I beat the game, but done with it like it didn't it didn't grab me. It really? didn't grab me like I, I like like you had said like oh you, it was addicting and so I was like oh I'm going mm-hmm. into this yeah but it's it's that rogue like 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 Dead Cells the one I'm not a terrible fan of although at least Dead Cells does have some things that carry over there's nothing that carries over other than you can change the color instead of it being Virtual Boy red it's now green or you know mm-hmm. you get like the floating mode instead or like. Like that was the only thing that seemed to carry over, but like no yeah. power ups. I never felt myself getting stronger on subsequent playthroughs. I learned more. I got better in terms of skill. Yes, but but that's it. And when I I, I died, I think on the fifth screen, and I read like this four different worlds, each with three. I'm like, I'm not gonna get all the way through this. I'm just gonna get frustrated. And I said, and you know, I I don't want to play a game where I get totally frustrated. I don't mind that. Like one more try. Like that's fine. One more try, but mm-hmm. but this didn't give it to me. This felt like it, it was it was like old school arcade where everything tries to kill you, and that's exactly what it's designed to do, which is totally fine. Um, trying to eat my quarters, um, but those those <laughs> games with that, like like if you were playing like Turtles Arcade and there was no continue, like you would probably not beat that unless you wanted to sit and practice it consistently. And the reason people beat it like on consoles or on a free play arcade is because you could just push a button and continue right where you left off. Yeah. You're not starting from the beginning every time, which this game is. You're starting from the beginning every single time. Every single time. Yeah. And and <laughs> that to me, it's like I'm thinking to myself, there's other games I'd rather be playing where I make, feel like I'm making progress. And this game I didn't feel I was making progress outside of skill. And yeah. uh and that's cool. And and I know there's a ton of people that love that type of thing. They love, you know, throwing their head against the wall until eventually they break through it. And that's cool. And if that that fits your cup of tea, if that fits your style, then this game, I can tell you, is excellent. Absolutely excellent. But if you do not like that style, if that sounds like torture, that sounds like a, not a fun time, um, then I'd say stay away from this game just because that's exactly what you're getting here. <laughs> yeah, and I would 100% say that this is a perfect game for the playcast for a, a week span for a focus. Um, you know, playing it throughout a week while we have other games that we're playing too, obviously, because uh, we're not just playing only the game of the week. We're playing other stuff, but it's perfect for a short playthrough um, because now you know this game, and it's not just sitting in your backlog unplayed, yep. and you're like, man, this looks cool from screenshots and everything. Now you know that it's not your cup of tea. Um, I'll tell you I, this too. 
I want to say one thing though, and that's as you progress, there's one thing that um that hooked me, and it's not the the colors, it's the style upgrades. One of the style upgrades is like a rolly thing, and it actually gives you more health and gives you less power ups. So instead of three choices after every level, you get two, and but you get six health. And once I did, once I used that, it actually allows me to get somewhat further in the game, and I can I can see myself beating it. See, like that that's kind of things I was looking for, and I was looking yeah. for a little earlier. Um, it it again, definitely wasn't early enough. I'll tell you that much. No, no, it's not. And I think I got. I think I got like four of those bars filled up before I stopped. <laughs> um, and again, I did see myself progressively getting forward. It was just one of those things where, you know what? It's just. It, I really it wish the they would have made this game rogue light instead of rogue like, which means rogue light. Yes. You have more carryovers. Like, for example, you go to the store, right? So, why or, or could they create a different difficulty where when you go to the store and buy an HP, which you have to save like a thousand usually gems, which is not easy to do at the beginning. Um, but like, it just carries over. So you keep your extra HP that, that you grinded yes. to get that. That would have been something oh. where it would have changed the game. hundred percent. I would, I would have continued to be playing that, playing that now. Like that's what I was looking for. Even mm-hmm. to something small, that, even something it. like if you try 10 times and you, you can't beat it in 10 times, we'll give you one extra life or something like something like a goal to grind towards yeah. where, you know, Hey, you know what? I'm going to slowly eventually get better at this and beat this then. Absolutely. But I got none of that. And just like <laughs> when I got to like that fifth screen and I had like four power ups in the bottom and I'm like, Oh, I'm doing great. And then a bat came over and just took it all from me. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and I knew I was only on like the fifth screen out of like what 12 or, or more. And I was just like, oh, man, that that's that just hurts. And I could just imagine being on like the 11th screen or the or the final screen and just like getting killed like right before the end and just crying. So. <laughs> and I mean, I completely got like I wasn't lucky, but I completely did some something differently than I normally do, which I haven't done since like original Final Fantasy on the Game Boy Advance. And I was literally playing the game and doing a little bit of uh, libations. I was just sitting there grinding it out. <laughs> and it was super fun. It was super fun to do that. Um, I think I lost Barry. No, nope, I'm here. Oh, there we go. Um, okay. Like, yeah. See, I wanted to grind, but again, it's if I like to grind something. You want like a purpose. I want a purpose, and I want permanently. Like, like if you're grinding in Final Fantasy, like you mentioned, um, you're grinding for experience, and that experience is permanent. It's not like, yeah. I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to grind from level 10 to 15 to beat this next boss, and then you beat that, you go to that, that boss, and it kills you, and now you're back to level 10. No, you save beforehand, and if you die, you're, oh, at least I'm at 15. I could keep grinding more. It's a permanent thing for the rest of the yeah. game. And, and basically with this game, like you, like I was just playing it, like mindlessly and i haven't done that in a while there's no like you would you just want a permanence and it does sound like you don't really like roguelikes which <laughs> like, i like rogue lights. lights you like <laughs> well you like to keep some type of progression some. and the thing is though is that it says roguelike and all this stuff really it's just an arcadey thing a quarter eater that's exactly when you said at the beginning when you were you were saying your synopsis like it's a 100 right um the thing is is that once I got to that one power, if that didn't exist, I wouldn't enjoy the game. But the fact that I got to the one where it gives me six health instead of three or whatever. Um, four. 
four. Um, and when it gave me six, I was able to get pretty far. So you go through the levels. There's a normal level. There's a spooky ghost level where there's zombies and ghosts yes, and stuff. That was, that was where I died. And then um, after that, you get to a water level. Um, and then the water level, you have to shoot these little chests so you can continue to have um, air too. Other, otherwise, like Sonic style, you die. Um, oh <laughs> yeah. And then after that level, you go to a infinite pit level where you're literally like jumping on random pieces of trash that are in the well that in order to continue to replenish your shot. So with the guns, um, you shoot while you're floating in the air from your from your guns, but you when you run out of ammo, it doesn't recharge until you stop ju- stop moving. So once you hit a hit something like a, a ground or something, it'll recharge. So you can have a full full clip again on your shot. So that level where you're just literally just falling, it's it's a lot tougher. Um, I got to the second, so there's three stages on each world and i got to the second level of that and then at the third level apparently there's the end boss so i didn't oh so you you were really on 11 of 12 when you died yeah i was on 11 of 12 and i died and that's the only time i got to um to 10 you know the, to the last world um and i didn't play after that just because i ran out of time but i i was enjoying it i am i am 100 with you that it needed a a hook a something to keep as an upgrade and i mean they could max that out too like not infinitely keep getting hp but but a little bit more because and i get why they went this route because there really is only four worlds there's only 16 or whatever or 12 or whatever like there's only so many yeah 12 different levels so if they did that it would be really easy to beat but if they did it via difficulty so you say all right easy mode you get to keep your upgrades normal mode you down hard mode you die in one hit i don't know (laughs) like it's yeah absolutely that's the whole point of difficulty settings mm -hmm. and if they did that i mean yeah we probably would have beat it and it would probably been like cool we saw it but yeah i would rather walk away from a game saying you know what that was easy i managed to beat it in 30 minutes an hour or whatever but i had fun doing it then after an hour and a half walking away saying you know what i that frustrated me more than it was fun mm-hmm. because i'm more likely to recommend a game that i had fun with versus well, yeah. one that frustrated me period well and the thing is is that i'm also a huge huge person that does not like roguelikes and just because it's the it's a skill based progression over and over and over again. It's old school Ness Hard. That's what that is, but they're like they're purposely programming it like that instead of just that's the video game because of the limitations of the NES. So like with modern conveniences, I like when they do rogue lights where or they do it difficulty based. But um if they did something like that, it would be open to everyone and those of us that don't like the roguelikes um would absolutely enjoy it and it would we would have had an enjoyable experience too um that being said i still like this game um i think this is one of the better roguelikes uh just because i enjoyed the gameplay 
I enjoyed the different power-ups. Um, the massive ones are the ones that always went to me. So you have your normal shot, and then when you get different power-ups in the side rooms, um, there's like ones that are like a little burst thing or a machine gun. Um, I like stuff like the shotgun or the triple shot where it like maximizes yes. your your shot blast. And then like the laser shoots I got all stuck with lasers down. all the time, and I hate the I laser. I love the laser, but it's when you combine it, with the power-ups so if you do the laser combined with when you shoot a block they explode with shots and your your uh shot casings do damage and everything does like once you start doing all that and enemies just start destroying getting destroyed you can kind of go through slowly because you can't just fly through the game either you can't hold run and run to the right like mario brothers you have to be a little strategic to memorize the different enemies because yes. if an enemy is red you can't jump on them if they're white you can <clears throat> jump on them which kills them too and so once you get the actual timing of the movement down you can kind of float through the game and kill everything and then just hit shot whenever you need to for the red enemies that's kind of what i was starting to do um and that was really cool that there's multiple ways to to do damage um, yeah, see, i didn't like the laser because i only had two two bullets really you had two shots and then you were out yeah well you have to upgrade your your shots with yeah the, you had batteries and stuff with the batteries and it's and that's the thing is like the but the thing that sucks about that is what barry doesn't like and that's it's a roguelike so when you start over from ground zero you're back at square one crappy shot crappy health crappy um amount of ammo and then you had to rebuild it up again and again and the fact that it is so short and it's kind of difficult means that you have to restart a lot it's not like old school nintendo games where you're playing for you know a good 30 40 minutes until you get a game over it's like immediate game over with one life oh very very quickly mm -hmm. and even nintendo hard there there were games with progression there were games with you know battery back save or passwords or something like that yeah i mean it would be the equivalent of like playing Mega Man, but if you died on on a boss you had to start back over but you lost all the the weapons you picked up so if you were on the eighth robot master or even on dr wiley and you died you're back at the beginning and you had to beat them all over again it would be like super super frustrating and uh, so I don't think Mega Man would have been as popular had that happened. Well, Mega Man would have been the first Adventure Island or Wonder Boy. If you think about yeah. it, like, the first Adventure Island, you run through. When you die, you die. Like, you get, yep. you still have three lives, but, like, when you get to World 7, you die. You go back. To, and no. I wasn't a fan of Adventure Island. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's why when they did Adventure Island 2 and 3, they did mo more modern nuances based on feedback. So... It'd be interesting to see if they decide to do a second downwell. Um, you never know because they haven't really announced anything. But if they did a second one, if they at least put in a a difficulty for us pogues that wanna <laughs> wanna want an easy progression. <laughs> and the thing is, is that obviously this game was meant for mobile initially. Yes. And it was, um, you know, just meant for a little pick up and play. It it's not really. So, so they had to maximize the time, and there's only four worlds. So, if they did a downwell two, uh, it would probably be like a hundred worlds. You would have more upgrades. It would be a, it would be a rogue like light. To... They, they could even have a map system where there's a bunch of different wells you go down. And... 
Yeah, exactly. That'd be amazing, actually. <laughs> like you did, yeah. like a little hub world and drop down. Oh yeah, that's. And the thing is, is there's a boss. So literally, how I see this is, is that downwell would be like world one yep. of a, of a game, and so like usually you have like five to eight worlds. So like downwell two could be downwell world, or you know what I mean, though. But like it could be. If super down well. Super down well. Mopping down well. Down well 64. <laughs> and that's the thing, though, is that, like, there's there's a lot here that's cool. Um, again, though, here's the question that I have. All right, so this is a, a small experience, right? Yep. Um, this was released physically, whereas yes. we have some full experiences <laughs> that have not been released physically. Yes. So I think it's really cool. I love the packaging i love special reserves release definitely care went into it but is this a good game choice for a physical release when we have games out there that you know like that need a release i think there are better candidates that Mm -hmm. deserve physical releases personally like just like more meaty games in the Mm -hmm. sense of you know like Blaster Master Zero is supposedly getting one from Limited Run, but there's Blaster Master Zero Two. Uh, you you know you you have games like of course Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It would be awesome to get that physical. But um, I mean, the, I like, just I just look at like the stuff from Year One that I've been writing about. Oh, yeah, you know, and it's, it's, it's like so League of Evil. There's stuff that nobody knows about that like is super obscure, and it's a digital only game. And like I'm literally covering these in the Switch. Roll, man. Cadence of Elliot Quest. <laughs> oh. Elliot I'm, Quest I'm going, got a physical on PS4, I believe. It did, but it doesn't on the Switch. No. Like, but, and that's but the at thing. least that one does have a physical. Crawl. Yeah. That one, Crawl. That one also got a physical on, on PS4. PS4. Yeah. World. Well, don't worry. Those, those, like, a lot of those came from Limited Run, and Limited Run has been double-dipping. So uh-huh. all those will come eventually. <laughs> yeah. And and that's, a, that's definitely a thing. So, I mean... So before we get off on a limited run tangent, because um, we should, um, I, I would say that I highly recommend Downwell. Um, you definitely need the flip grip, 100%. Um, however, I don't know if it's worth the physical cost for a casual gamer. I would say get it digitally, because it's it's not that expensive digitally. It's pretty, really affordable digitally. Um and then try it out. But if you don't have a flip grip, I wouldn't recommend it digitally either. You need to have that to play it properly. Unless you're playing on the docks. Unless you're playing on the dock. And still then, I'm like, eh, I gotta be bad. really close to the TV. Nah. <coughs> nah. Depends yeah. on the size of the TV, but but it wasn't bad for me, docked. Okay. Um, so docked is okay. Um, but I would I would definitely recommend it digitally over physically. Um, if you're a physical collector, it's still fun. Um we did mention all the different color choices. They're all a miss to me, by the way. All the different I, colors. I was using green. <laughs> Why I thought that they were a miss is because they're only a, a, like two-tone almost, and I couldn't tell the red enemies. So like in normal downwell color, the enemy red ones make it real easy to know which ones I need to shoot. If I put it in Game Boy style or Virtual Boy style or any of the other ones, they're too similar and it makes it so yeah. I can't play it. That makes sense. Might be why you were having struggles. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I switched to green. I was still able to see the enemies. But uh, 
Well, I could see the enemies, but like. Well, I mean, I could see that they were like the the danger enemies, so to speak, the ones yeah. I had to shoot. But, but no, I agree with you. I think if you're a casual player, um, definitely just get it digital. If you're a physical collector or you just want only physical media, and this sounds like the game for you, then yes, I think it's worth a purchase um, to have it physically. But again, only if it sounds like a good game to you. I will say. That this is the first special reserve or limited run or anything uh, like that game I've actually opened. <laughs> it's the old first one I've actually opened. You're welcome. Uh, to, to play. <laughs> um, just because a lot of it, you know, it's, it's I just kept them sealed. I just mm-hmm. haven't gotten around to it. There's been too many other games. But this one, I'm like, all right, I'm going to open it. I'm going to open it and do it. And I was, I was planning on opening the box anyways because yeah. of space. That nice box that that special reserve puts in, I had to fold that up and put it somewhere else because it's... I, I have no room on the shelf, and, and especially this one. Room. This one's thick. I like that. It, like I'm getting you to open games, but so <laughs> what, what was this price? It was like thirty bucks, forty bucks. Thirty on, bucks. So thirty dollars digitally for the listeners. It's a dollar forty nine. For a dollar forty nine, it's a one million percent worth playing. Yes, for a dollar forty nine. It's it's full price. It's half off right now. It's full price is three dollars. So. That's where I'm saying, like, is that a good choice for a game? Choosing a three dollar game to release <laughs> no. physically. That's um because you're paying for the flip grip, you're paying for the amazing packaging and the physical cartridge. But like, again, like, I don't know if it's a great candidate for like it's awesome digitally. I don't know if it's a great candidate for a physical, but the packaging, what they did with it, what Special Reserve did with it, is amazing because they always do amazing work (laughs) no i'm not upset to have it physical no and i'm glad to you know to always be able to play it and if the servers go down and we definitely want everything physical all of the games physical even though we can't afford it we want it (laughs) yes that's true um it it is definitely not the best candidate and i think they did it with their um they have a deal with uh devolver and i think it was just part of the deal um I do not regret purchasing it. No, uh, no. I'm I'm happy with the packaging. I'm happy with with the the product at hand. The game itself, like I said, is maybe did not be my cup of tea, but it very well could be. You know, some of our listeners' cup of teas, and mm-hmm. and I think I think at a dollar fifty or even three dollars, uh, it's cheap enough that you can honestly make up your own mind. <laughs> you yeah. know, like don't 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 get that coffee in the morning and just buy Downwell instead. <laughs> um, so, it, it is a fun time if that's your cup of tea, for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, we have a little bit of a, a mixed thing. Once you own it, you don't regret it, but definitely recommend it digitally. Um, like, yeah, if, if I wasn't going for a full set and I knew what type of game this was, like, I would not have bought this. But because I'm going for a full set, yeah. and it's, it's one of those you, you, you really have to buy from them because you're not really going to find secondhand as well. But if you were oh. just a player for a dollar forty nine, like it's yeah. a no brainer. Like yeah. it's a dollar. Yeah. Like yeah. it's insane that they put it that cheaply. There, um, there's worse ways to spend a dollar forty nine. <laughs> exactly. I do that just getting a cough, cup of coffee times three. Uh, I'm gonna get three copies of Downwell. Like it's crazy. Um, so we mentioned limited run games, um, <clears throat> releasing stuff that they've had a, a pigeonhole on. That's not always the case though, because. Sometimes they have like a a deal with like for example with a whole new world they got, they released it on PS4 for living around games and then they only had the deal for that and then the developer decided to go with um you know a different company for which was uh what was it first 
It was first print. First, because there's first press and first print. Yeah, I, think I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the seed listeners, like, it's 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 tough keeping track of all these. JP knows for sure. He's probably going to be throwing stuff at his screen right now. Um, What's wrong with you? What's oh funny is you actually, you mentioned uh, A Whole New World. Um, yeah. As uh as a, the the choice because it's I believe yeah a whole new world um, also came out on the Vita but that one came from Play Asia yes like it was a Play Asia exclusive so you're talking about a game that has a physical release on three systems and all three versions are from three different limited publishers so it's not always that limited run games will push the game out um. But the thing is, is that we also are going to see going forward is when a limited run games or a first print games, first press games, or yeah, they're two companies, people, um, or <laughs> or you know, like your your different types of companies like Special Reserve, they do their release, they do it limited, and then another company does another release, and you can't blame the other company. And you can just not support the second one. But basically, what it's going to do is it's going to frustrate people. uh, Because, I mean, say, for example, Limited Run Games puts out only a regular edition of a game. They do it limited. And then Special Reserve comes. I'm going to want the Special Reserve with their awesome packaging. Um, So it's going to be taxing. uh, Because you're getting a second physical copy of the game. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, there's been already a couple double dips that yes. I've not been happy about. Um, they, um, well, we, we'd mentioned Ninja Saviors. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, Ninja that is uh, that is definitely uh, one of them for the Switch. Uh, other other platforms have had it too, <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, and I think I think that's because of demand, because it, it really started with Soldner X2, where Limited Run did a Vita edition. And it sold out, and people wanted more. And Limited Run's like, we're not making more. And PlayAsia said, well, we'll make one. And that was their first ever Play exclusive yeah. um, for the Vita. And it did so well that that's what how we should start doing this too. And, and that's where they started getting into it. <laughs> um, but then it also has happened with um, with a Limited Run did uh, Wonder Boy. Yep. And and then Nicholas published Wonder Boy. You know, both on PS4, but they published it um, to the general, you know, retail. Um, they, they they published it retail to uh, Switch then as well. But it's like, well, they're both NTSC ESRB rated yeah. titles. One's from Nicholas, one's from Limited Run. So there really is no rule on this. There is no well, precedent on this either. Y- you know what's funny is that you mentioned, and, and this is something that I've been wanting to talk about is with Limited Run, is I love the guys from Limited Run. They're awesome. Like, I'll absolutely, you know, buy stuff from them forever just because they're really cool dudes that love preservation. But it's funny, like, the mentality of we're not doing any more Soldner, right? Because yeah. we want to keep it limited. Um, now... They've completely changed their business model to where they're not only putting stuff into Best Buy, but also Walmart. Um, I'm seeing them going further and further, getting titles like, um, what was it, Divinity 2? Um, like yep. like stuff like that, which is huge games. Like, like well, are, they, are they actually making that, or, or is that just one of those distributing? Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying they're distributing stuff like that. So it's a completely different thing where now they're you know, trying to pay the bills because they're doing crazy awesome things and to do crazy awesome things for example just getting a legendary artist like tom dubois uh to do their bloodstained curse of the moon that's a like a 
professional artist. So that's not cheap. So stuff like that and then doing everything to such a high level, they have to pay those bills. So they have to go and market further. Um, but it's just funny because like you can't kind of have both to have that artist mentality where like, yeah, I'm going to do 10 copies. You guys fight over the freaking scraps. Um, oh, you mean like Revenge of the Bird King? Like Revenge of the Bird King. Um, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. You can't do that. And then on the other side, because that's not your business model, then if you're on the other side, you're, you're selling in Walmart and in Best Buy. Like, I mean, you have to separate them. I don't know if it's a different company or a different section of Limited Run. So you say, all right, these numbered releases are this model and then these ones that we're distributing like what they're going to do likely with divinity 2 and all that is those ones aren't limited and those ones will be in best buy and walmart so that way you're not having numbered limited run game releases in best buy which we're currently seeing which are not the model right it's it's weird that's where like i think a lot of people are are getting not, they're not salty because I don't really see anybody super negative about it. I mean, the internet is, and there's a vocal minority that always will be salty and complain. Mm. But I think oh. it's generally disheartened <laughs> is what I'm seeing. Like those that are just like, man, why are they doing this? I really wanted to, you know, like they're just disappointed and that they wanted their, they wanted their limited run stuff to be limited. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, that's what they yeah. want, and it's like I don't blame them, but I also like seeing a company with the style, the mentality that I know that they have, that the owners have. I like seeing them be successful. I love seeing their stuff in Best Buy and Walmart. I I agree. <laughs> um, I don't mind that. Um, I do think they've they've gotten very big very quickly, and yes. you know you have to wonder if this bubble will burst. I remember when they first appeared, <clears throat> there's this little game called Breach and Clear. I was like, oh, it's cool. Yep. I'm going to grab it because it's, you know, I was going for a full Vita set and I'm like, this is neat. And I only grabbed one. I could have grabbed a whole bunch because no one knew about them. Um, and then they're like, oh, well, Saturday morning RPG. And they were also doing their own games. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Fine. Yeah. Doing your and, own and that was part <clears throat> of it is so they could release yeah. their own games. Their own games. And then they started doing more and more. And it was like, all right. And I remember it was the. I think it was their, their first um, summer. It was either first summer or the second summer. I remember my wife looking at me and being like, you know you just bought like 15 games or something in the span of like two weeks. I said, yeah. They're, and she's like, they're not out. I'm like, I know. They, they publicly stated that they were going to be slowing down. A lot of these deals they did in advance, and they all came through at the same time. So they're going to slow down after this. Like, this is this is their big <laughs> hurdle, and then they're going to slow down. She's like, okay. and Because that's what they told us. They that is what they said, told us. Yeah, We're yeah. going to be slowing down. And, and now I just looked, and like, I have 354 cataloged limited run games. <laughs> and, and, of course, some of those are like alternate covers. But it's just like... Like, mm -hmm. holy, and there's some, some of them are cataloged that probably aren't cataloged as limited run. Um, so I was like, that, that's a lot of games over like four years. Like, I, I, w I will <laughs> say, as a creator, it is really tough when people are super excited and love what you're doing not to just keep going keep to doing. the well. Because, like, I literally, like, every day are getting people interested in getting the complete NES again or Black Box Challenge, which is the NES homebrew game that I published. Like, they want copies of it. And I'm like, great, but um, I'm focusing on the Switch Collector right now. Yeah, but um, you're talking one or two things. These, oh, the, we're talking no, I... 
I didn't. Idols. No, I know what you're saying, and I'm <laughs> using a comparison here, Barry. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> the thing is, is that I have like I've released 13 books in the time span that most people release two. Um, and I'm still not even at the level of limited run games where they started doing every other week at one point, or every, even every week at one point. Um, and the thing that gets crazy with that is now. And it's the joke that we've had since we started the playcast that um, now there's another company. Now there's another company. And you have 350 with limited run. And then you're going to have 40, 50 with super rare. And like, it's just going to, oh, like, you're going to have a thousand games really soon with all these limited, different limited <clears throat> companies. I, I have over a thousand PS4 games now. And it's mainly because of limited companies. Yeah. <laughs> like, if it wasn't for them, it would be, I wouldn't be running out of room. It, and it, and it's a you know it's, it's a first world problems. These are good problems to have. Great These are games that normally would not be sold. These would be digital only titles. So it's fantastic, absolutely fantastic to have them. It's one of those things though. If these games weren't put published limitedly, if these games were put out in retail by a standard publisher like the old days, I don't think people would be buying them as they are now. Yeah. People are buying them, you know, especially at the start because there were here's 1500, there's only 2000. Oh, I got to get it, got to get it, got to get it. And and mm-hmm. if there was just like, oh, this is just going to retail and you know, you could like for example, one of the limited uh, things that that JP was talking about the new one print game is doing it'll do. Um yeah. You know, it'll do 2 plus was released and is a fantastic game, but it was released, you know, by Nicholas and and you could still go to a GameStop or a store and, and still it find it or at least go on eBay and, and it's not expensive at all. And it's one of those things where I think a lot of these games would fall into that type of category if it was just standard retail. Mm-hmm. The only reason they're selling is because of the limited value, not necessarily on the merit of the game. And I think that same thing falls true with Downwell. Like I said, if I wasn't going for a full set, you know, I wouldn't have spent $30 on this. I would have waited till I found it pre-owned at a GameStop or or secondhand store for four ninety nine or five bucks or something like that or six bucks and I would have bought it then. Yeah. Um, I mean and that's where you're gonna see the difference between a game that you're selling three thousand copies of and thirty thousand three hundred thousand copies of that go into a physical release across the nation. And I mean the thing that's crazy though is that like it's hard for the limited companies to just you know when you're getting Instead of me getting, you know, a hundred emails a week, they're getting thousands of emails a week of people wanting things and wanting more and more and more. And it's hard to to say no when you have people that literally want to support you. Um, and so, like for me, luckily I work a full time job and I'm not doing, you know, the the publishing gig full time yet. Uh, but the thing is, is that like. It's almost like you're quelling your own popularity or your own business model or your own worth of your company if you do that. But then again, being the hipster artist, you know, sometimes <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's like, well, you know what? I'm going to release 10 copies. Like, you want one? Get one of the 10. Like, I'm going to, I do some of that stuff with my releases. And then people are like, wait, what? You did this? And I'm like, yes, I did. And there's only a couple. Um, yeah. And there's a difference between, someone smaller like you who is just doing it because you want to do it like the hipster artist kind of deal 
And if Limited Run did that at the start, I don't think they would have gotten flack, but they're way too big for that now. That would be the equivalent of Nintendo doing something like, you know, only 500 copies of Mario Kart 8 or or uh, Hyrule Warriors, for example, limited editions for the entire continent of North America only sold in Nintendo New York. No one's yeah. bitter about that or anything like that. Nintendo would never be stupid and do that as a big company to get scrutinized. Oh, wait, they did. Um, yeah, they did. And they did the <laughs> thing, too. As I'm saying, like, nobody is, you know, nobody doesn't, does not do that like everybody has their moments where they just do cool stuff for the sake of cool stuff and those that are collectors it irritates the heck out of them oh I mean, it does i mean it, i'm it, a huge zelda collector i don't have that collector's edition nope. for hyper warriors but i don't either i'm not paying over a grand for it either <laughs> nope and i mean no, that's okay well you know what's funny is even that you know that that edition came with a scarf that's the only thing it came with but if you got like the japanese version it came with like a triforce clock and i'm like oh my god why didn't we get that well, and you know how small the world is, you can get either version nowadays. Oh, yeah, I know, but but it's like if you're an NTSC collector, you know, we should, you know, why aren't we getting that? I mean, they, look, Nintendo wouldn't even give us a, a stylus for Mario Maker 2. Yeah. A, a one penny stylus. <laughs> so, so who knows? Like, so, sometimes you're too big. So, here's the crazy thing when we're talking about uh, double dipping and, and craziness of reviews. Um, so. Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2 now is getting a U.S. release. And that was a launch title in Japan. Do we, do we know if it's U.S. or it's getting a Western release? Or Western release. Well, well, like, the because JP shared it today, and the picture was from Europe for sure because it had the European uh, rating title. So uh, we don't know if it's going to get a U.S. Um, I mean, JP probably does, and he's probably like, you jerks, you idiots! Um, <laughs> but... I was talking with Barry right before we record. I'm like, now I have to decide whether I'm going to remove it from year one because I had it in the book. And because the thing is, is that, you know, it supersedes an English release, supersedes a non English release. And I collect for US, then Europe, then Asia, or US, then Europe, Asia, English release, then Japan. So, but a European collector would collect Europe then. So, yeah. so the thing is, is that I don't think I would delete a game if it had a U.S. release after a European release for book purposes because it already has an English release. Um, but the fact that that one is Japan only, I'm gonna have to like, I'm gonna save that that write up though. It's a two page review that I wrote. I'm not salty at all. Square. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, but it's like, man, now that's another two-page spread that's going to be out of the Switch Collector book. And I've already had to do that with digital-only releases, like a bunch of them. Had to delete a whole new world. Sad. <laughs> delete a whole well, new world. I mean, you could always use the asterisk and just say, year one, this was only available in Japan. But stay tuned to year four when <laughs> you could read about it in English. Read about it again. Um, <laughs> well, the, the, thi- the thing is, is that, like, some of those will happen because say that we already had it in a state of completion is already submitted um, to the publisher. It would be in the book, right? Yeah. So we just have the guilty knowledge of when I publish the book that, oh, yep, might as well get rid of it now because it'll be in year three. Um, once it, if it's not released till after March, it'll be in year four, um, which could be volume five or six of the book, depending on how big it gets. <clears throat> Now, do you think that they're deciding to do this now based on the popularity and the reception from Dragon Quest Eleven? 
Um, yeah. I mean, they did Dragon Quest one, two, and three also on the Switch, um, which which only got a physical in Asia, <laughs> of yeah. all places. But of course, um, of know, course, Asian that's course. that has to do we'll with it Japan because too. you know Square's a Square's a, a business, so they released it. They were like, "Oh, we're not going to know how the Switch is. It's going to be another Wii U, maybe. So we're just going to release it in Japan, where we know it's going to sell like gangbusters." And then the Switch caught fire, as we all know now. And they've been slowly bringing over titles, and this will be another one. Do I think that other stuff like Dragon Quest One, Two, and Three are going to come to the U.S.? Yep, you do. Oh you yeah, do. they're already they're already in the U.S. digitally. You think they're going to get a physical release here in the yeah, states? Yeah, they they will. <laughs> it might take a year or two. It might they might wait a while. But yeah, I absolutely think that Square's going to just roll it out as they have lulls in their release schedule. Well, we didn't we didn't get Final <laughs> Fantasy seven eight over here physically either, and those are yes. bigger titles than Dragon Quest. We didn't yes. get I Am Setsuna or or Oninaki here, which are smaller titles, but we didn't get them physically here. Those are smaller titles though, but, but I, I would say Final Fantasy seven yet. Um, the only thing that would make me mad if they brought it over here because I won't double dip unless there's like a dif- you know a distinct difference. But if they bring Final Fantasy seven with its own standalone box, and then like because I don't like the split look of seven and eight because i'm a huge fan of seven and i'm a mediocre fan of eight like eight i'm surprised they didn't throw nine on there too and just do it properly (laughs) that's what everybody's thinking is that they're gonna release all three here um but like to me it's like oh all right we're just gonna take the screenshots or the the box art split it in the middle and throw it on a on the case whereas should have had an artist do like a awesome rendition of both the characters from both games in a collage like that would have looked amazing like that's that's the thing that like i would buy it then if it had a cool artistic box um like a decidia box yeah exactly like (laughs) why did they just do a cheap it looks like a budget release (laughs) like because it's square and they're cheapo um jerks I mean they they did the same with dragon quest they like have legendary artists on on like working there like just like hey uh this weekend i need you to throw this on a bar napkin (laughs) like they would do it and then you'd have an amazing art piece like i don't know that's that's the damn hipster artist in me like (laughs) um so there was one thing i was doing is i constantly um update my research for future switch collectors guess how many games have been released since july physically of this year yeah, ridiculous, oh, by the Because it was like, oh. July was like God Eater 3. That was the last time I updated. I updated, it went from 130 releases up to July to 350. Of this year? <laughs> yeah, 220 physical games since July. 220. <laughs> I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, this is where the Switch collector, like I'm saying, I don't know how many freaking volumes there's going to be. And it's... Like, I just um, looked, man. It was sick. I'm like, yeah, so I, I just went off the top of my head. 132 uh, physical reasons from all regions. Um, and then it went up to 340. Like, oh, my God. Like, if this keeps growing exponentially by year six or something, there'll be like 600 and something releases. Well, it's just like, how? Because in year two, we had 280 releases in year two and in year one it was you know not that many it was just 90 or 89 releases in year one and this is all regions in english only all that all that (coughs) 
yeah. that that stuff. Now I did not remove all the Japanese no English from the updated extra 220 releases. So I'm going to eliminate those that you can't understand English. It'll be in a separate section of the book, of course. But but that's yeah. still a small number. That's maybe 20. And I probably am going to count stuff like Psycho Shooting Library Volume 1 and then which is the Western release, and then all the Japanese releases that have the same games essentially, but in three games. Like stuff like that, I'm probably going to have to count in the book twice. Ah, okay, I see. Yeah. That, that's, those are another double dip. I got all three, yeah. and I'm like, all right, cool, I'm done. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're doing Alpha Bravo in America. What? I'm not double <laughs> dipping, but I will include them in the book. So that's uh, that's the one weird thing. Um, that I have to, and then sell the Asian releases. Mm hmm. So the one thing that's going to be tough, too, is that, like, so I've already done a year two list. However, if something changes from now until I get to year two, um, I'm going to have to go through and redo my research a second time just to make sure no dates changed or nothing was added. Like, because these limited companies, when they put out a game, there's a, um, and this is all thanks to the Reddit guys that they do their, um, the, giant database on reddit like i absolutely use them for research combined with all the different nintendo website releases and what wikipedia says and i literally i trust nintendo um but they're usually a digital date but i trust the reddit community the switch core community a lot when it comes to like dates and so the thing is though is that it gets updated so if something gets updated in year two, I have to go back and do a whole thing, man. It's it's crazy. <sighs> it never <World>. ends. Nope. <laughs> well, and like a whole new world, its release date is 28 November, according to the database. So oh, it's past that already. Well, yeah, but it's already shipped to some people is what that means. Oh, it's true. Yeah, yeah and it's a ja- it says it's a Japan no, it's not Japan. It's I think it, those are I think they're English. I think they're like uh, ESRB. I mean, oh no, no, they don't have. They have uh, two different styles. I think they have like yeah. a US cover and a European cover. It's but a European be- release. Yeah, I mean, it's a European. It's a European <coughs> release, is what it is. Yeah, it's European. So that because that's the thing is like I do mine. I do mine way differently uh, when it comes to how I do my my book. Is like they do their own way of categorizing things. I don't do that. I do um, just release date and then the region, whereas they have a release date for each region on the database, so you can kind of compare and contrast. It's it's really convenient. Um, Doesn't work for when I'm creating the book because it's way too way too much information. I have to like whittle it down a lot, a lot. Um, So. Some crazy stuff there. 220 games. Like, what the heck? Um, so, there was a company that I forgot about, Barry. Uh-oh. Which one? And I was, I looked and I'm like... Warned Collectors? Oh, yeah. We all, we all can never forget about Collectors that. only? No, I, I forgot about Signature Edition games. <laughs> and I go I on their site know. and I'm like, oh my god. there's so Because the thing was, I was watching something on Children of Mortem. 
And yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I was like, oh, Signature Edition has one. And I look, I'm like, oh, I forgot about their site. There's like four games I need to get. And they're like, they put a lot into their limited releases. <clears throat> but it's like I, they're 50, $40 or $50 plus shipping to the States. It's like There's only one game they put out, though, that is exclusive to them. Everything else yeah. has come out of it. And I think it's what Count Lucidor is the only one, unless I could be mistaken, but I think that's the only one that didn't get a standard release. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is that to me, their version is cooler. Well, I have several of their versions. If you want, you you know, you have to buy from them. You can get from me. Okay, so, I mean, there is a few, though, Barry, that I do need uh, for sure. Like, um, I have them in my my cart or whatever it is, but... That's uh, the older stuff. Once, I'll tell you, the last one I got was Moonlighter. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's when the boxes started getting much bigger. And when I opened up Moonlighter, I was like, what the heck? Um, <laughs> this is not going to fit on my shelf. And that's when I'm like, I got to stop with these collections. This, yeah. this, this is just too big. So that was the last Speaking one. Speaking of bought. giant boxes, um, I did get in my replacement box from Red Art t- this week. Um, oh. Because like, my Gakaido box, just like everybody else, um, was crushed when I got it. Not mine. And so they sent me a new box. Um, the thing is, I'm not even gonna. It's unfolded, just new stock, and it was in a cardboard, so it was completely perfect and flawless when I got it. I'm gonna leave it like that. Like that's a collector's piece now. That's the irony. Is like now I got a, a dented one that's actually folded. I'm gonna have an unfolded new new old stock that, and it's perfect, and I love it. I love that they did that. Um, you know, just to make things right. That's awesome as a as a business. I, yes, 100%. Red Art is great for that. Like I'm hugely um a fan. I'm a huge fan of them now because they See, they went and did that. I got those games. I got them both PS4 and and Switch. I mm-hmm. opened them because they just don't have the room, and I had the boxes both pristine. Both boxes were pristine. I actually gave them. I didn't like recycle them. There's a fellow collector, uh, and I just asked him. I said, "Look, do you want these for free?" And he said, yeah, I'll take them. So I, I literally just gave them away. Yeah, Christina. so I mean, you know, keep me in mind when you're giving away uh, collector's items. But um, <laughs> but that being said, though, it's like always hold on to that stuff and just put them in totes or something and then just ask I don't have the, the collector room. community. No, just ask the collector community. And be like, yeah, I, that's, that's I, why I 100% would like pay shipping to, to get whatever items. If you came up here, man, I would give you so much for free. Like you would be loaded. Looks like I'll be coming up there. Uh <laughs> um that being said though um so that's a cool thing that they did from red art um might be a good time Uh, either i can go into the switch collector or what we got for i would say before yeah we'll go to switch collector since i was gonna say this one one other thing with red art we could talk about briefly oh yeah Um, that's right you did send me a link Yes, I did. Um, so they just announced today, right now, as well as a time of recording, uh, My Memory of Us um, for the Switch is available for pre-order right now. Um, what's interesting is if you've ever ordered from Red Art, um, they are a French company. So every one of their releases, PS4, Vita, and Switch, they are in French. You turn it around, it's in French. The instruction manuals, I believe, are U.S. and French. I believe it's just two versions in there, at least of uh, Stay. Stay for, for Switch, they had to send separately, and that was in both. Um, but if you're like me and you're like, ah, you know, I really like the U.S. cover, at least the English cover, something I could read, um, even though the games are in English, they started doing that. I guess they heard from people. Um, so the first game, My Memory of Us, has two versions. If you if you decide to get it, there is the French version, 
The standard French version has only 800 copies. But they also made a standard UK version, which is in English, that has 1,600 copies. So they clearly hear the demand. They made double the amount in English. They also put out a collector's edition, which is still available. That's only 500 copies. Um, That is French slash UK, it says. So I think in the collector's edition, you will get both, maybe both versions of the... the, uh, the slip. Huh. Um, so if that's something you're interested in, um, and you're, maybe it's been a deterrent or, hey, you know what, you, you, you like your English cases. This is the first time they're doing it, and I'm presuming they're going to continue forward, which I'm very happy about. Um, but it's, uh, it's nice to see that the French company is kind of catering to their English-speaking clientele. Well, that's awesome, and I mean, I don't think that game's a genre that I personally am a fan of. Um but because I think it's more like story based. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, so I mean, I'm probably gonna hold off until I see it at a convention or get it from a friend or something. Because that's usually when I get some of those more some of those games, or if like I have to play it for the playcast. Um, <laughs> but well, but it's um it's one of those things where like I love that companies are doing that stuff too. Yeah. Because yeah. like the only people that it really are gonna any room to complain are those that are going for a complete collection and they're have only have themselves to blame Barry. Yeah. Well, I, guess <laughs> I, I still have their games, even though it's French, just because they are playable in English and they are exclusive as of this point. Yeah. <laughs> I say at this point, because nothing stays exclusive forever. <laughs> Who's to say? And that's, I mean, that's the thing is like, we don't know with the switch. It's always good to, and it's why I collect with what I want. Because if I want to play it and I get a great experience out of it and then later on they do another release, well, it's a game that I wanted anyways. Whereas, like, I'm going to get a full playable what I like Switch set, but I have like 200 games in my backlog that I want right now. Um, so wait, does bought. that mean you're you're still going to get that Final Fantasy 7, 8 double pack since you say you like 7 so much? Um, I already had that pre-ordered, so yeah, for okay. sure. I did not pre-order Dragon Quest 1, 2, 3, though. Oh. Um, only yeah. reason being is because it's a port of the mobile, and I'm yeah. mad that they didn't put the Super Nintendo versions on it. Like I just, or, or the, even the NES versions. NES versions would have been cool, um, but like the mobile port, and a lot of people were saying that there's um, a lot of frame rate issues uh, with the game. It just looks jumpy when you're playing. Uh, so I was hoping that they put out a patch. As soon as I know they put out a patch, I'm probably gonna pull the trigger. And I just make sure to get the English cover, so you have like. properly well yeah and i am setsuna is the only one that i think i screwed the pooch on um but the thing is is that i am a huge dragon warrior dragon quest fan and i would still get that in both regions for the art and stuff because i have you know dragon quest and dragon warriors so it's it's one of those things where i don't i wouldn't mind because there's a little bit of nuances when it comes to the translations too you know the old english speak versus not Mm -hmm. so it's it's one of those things where I was just I didn't get that because I knew of the issues with the the port, uh, and I don't mind the graphics because of it. I I mind the playability, like if it's j- jerky in the screen, I'm like eh, I don't know, man. It's just an RPG, like I can't play that for hours on end. <sighs> Hard times, man. Hard times. But you know, it's it's one of those things where uh, eventually the Switch will. You know, be Nintendo will move on to an- another console and Switch games will go used, and I'll be like picking up tons of games that have been in my backlog. 
um, or I just get them when they're sales. And it's a brand new game. I did that with, with this week's pickups, actually. So, um, so before we get over to pickups, let's talk about the uh, Switch book update, since I did mention removing Dragon Quest 1 and 2 from the book, right? Heroes. Uh, or, or Dragon yes. Quest Heroes. Yeah, builders. Um, Dragon Quest Heroes. Um, so basically, we have um, all the backer details for the reviews were sent out. So I'm also I got a few interviews that are um a few interviews that are are set out. Wait a second. Uh oh, I'm looking in. Oh, there we go. Okay, that's weird. So your audio wasn't hitting at all for a little bit, and now it is. That's weird as heck. Yeah. What'd you do? It's all your computer. Okay. Your computers are weird with the audio. Yeah, it is. Um. Anyways, so. With, with removing Dragon Quest Heroes, um, but the back reviews are out. I have some interviews that are coming up um, that I'm going to actually interview people in person, which will be fun, um, and on on like Skype or something. I will ask them if I can record the interviews, if they're comfortable with that, but not everybody will be. Um, so there might be some really cool interviews that get uploaded here to the cast. Um, a lot of different cool companies, too. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, and the <clears> thing <throat> is, I don't want to do like the the text-based interview style. I don't like that. So be like, hey, what's your favorite video game? And like, like instead, I'd rather shoot the shit with somebody and talk to them. And then because quite, like conversation leads to more questions that lead to more mm-hmm. knowledge. And that's what I want in the book. Um, we may not get a ton of interviews with the book because of time constraints and schedules. But I will try. Um, I know JP was supposed to get me a list of everybody he knows or something, but he's always looking at releases, so it's tough for him to veer from that. Um, <laughs> it really is. Um, JP busy with releases? <laughs> no. So I uh, I found a rabbit hole, Barry, this week. Uh oh, uh oh, those are never good. I-, I went on my eShop and just happened to look in my saved list, and I'm like, oh, there's a bunch of digital only games saved that I need to buy. For the Switch, I went back. There was 14 new games that weren't in the digital-only section in the Switch Collector from first year. <laughs> yeah. Where did these come from? Well, it was games that I just overlooked, and they were just in my... Because, you know, I'm doing the highlights for digital-only. Yeah. And I looked, and I'm like, what the heck? So none of these were recommended by anybody. Um, none of these I found just doing searches on Wikipedia or Nintendo or anything. Like... There were ones I kind of mentioned earlier in the cast, like Earth Wars or Earth Atlantis. Both of those I didn't cover, and they're both excellent games. Um, Bloody Zombies, like random stuff. That's the Bloody Zombies is a beat 'em up. Um, that's pretty cool and it's gory. Um, <laughs> like it's stuff like that that are like they're not going to be your AAA like hidden gems per se, but they might be. And some of them are good. Uh, like it's it's crazy stuff so i added 14 more games to my review list but i've written over 30 30 reviews now in the last week so i'm done i finished finished my write-up sperry the light at the end of the tunnel is there and once you're out of the tunnel you have year two to work on i have the next tunnel actually so the, <laughs> the problem with the book creation is now i have to create not only the 14 new spreads for the new games <laughs> but i have to input all of that text into the layout work 
And I so do not envy you. That's going to take some time. <laughs> and then after I input all that text into the layout work, make it work feng shui, I then I don't send the text to the editor. I send the layouts to the editor. And then the editor reads it. And then after they edit it, I have to redo the layouts. Um, but why I do it that way instead of vice versa, which would make more logistical sense, right? Like I'm insane. Um <laughs> is because when I do it the second time, it allows another check of all the layout work, every single margin for every single eighth of an inch that everything I want to be perfect for the book to flow. All the um, eyes dotted. And all the yeah, it, it allows me to check things multiple times. And that's how I can get the books to that next level of quality. Whereas like, if I just did the text and I threw it in there one time, I might miss something. And no matter what, there's going to be an error. Every book, I miss something oh, somewhere. Yeah. It's just inevitable. But it it allows a lot of major things to be found. Um, it's just like I reworked the actual layout from the Kickstarter um, for the physical ones because I was like, oh, it might look better if I separate the title and developer publisher that section from everything else with a box. And I did that, and I figured out a way to rework the layout, and it flows so much better now like it just looks amazing and i would and i just did that based on that caused me hours of work by the way barry because i had to do every layout again you know uh, <clears throat> i hope the backers you know I, I know i do as a backer but i hope the backers and all the people that buy your, your books appreciate all the hard work time labor and effort you're putting into making this the best product possible because and, and as a backer uh, I personally say thank you um, because you know you deserve it. You you you've done so much work and and really um, you need praise because <laughs> that's that's awesome. And I can't wait for this book to come out. I really can't uh, just to see how many if I missed anything <laughs> and just to to read your thoughts on some of these games. Well, I definitely appreciate the kind words, but um, the thing is, I do this as a as a hobby. So the only thing I would say is that's inaccurate is that none of it is work for me, well, and I want to keep it that it's way. effort, effort. Yeah, well, that's what you said. You said you said the effort, but like and hard work. Well, it's like to me, it's it's all a hobby and it's fun, and I want to keep it that way, which is why I may just work a full time job and keep something just because I don't want it to be work. I want it to stay fun. I want it to be because you, it comes through on the pa pages when it's a cash grab or if it's a mm -hmm. passion project. Like it really does show through. I've seen other books that people put out and you could tell it's they're just trying to get a cash grab out there. And then you see other passionate artists and you can completely tell the love that they push into it. And, you know, if the shoe fits, wear it, you know, whoever's listening and they're an author, but like put the time and the effort into it. Like I. Like people are like, oh, when's the book coming out? It's like, well, it'll come out when it's ready. Um, I get the books to a state of completion before I take them to Kickstarter. Uh, usually, it's all written, which all the physical ones were written by the time the Kickstarter came out, but the digital only became a rabbit hole. Um, and <laughs> and then the me wanting to change layouts and things like where when things exponentially blow up in year two and then apparently year three um <laughs> and year uh, three is not done yet oh no it's not even we have close. to go till march like i'm just saying we have a quarter of the year uh, <laughs> um 
<laughs> it's why I said exponentially. Well, well, no. Yeah, 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 you're right. Three months. December, January, and February. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> sick. It's sick. Um, but the thing is, is that uh because the layout work is done though, it'll be plug and play going forward. And it'll be it'll cut my time down that it takes to create the layouts for a year two. And then that leads into me being able to spend more time in the write-ups and in creating cool stuff, which I enjoy. And that's what I'm trying to get JP to do, too, is I'm telling him, like, hey, this first section, first time you do it, it's going to be tough. But after that, the next years, you'll just be putting in the new knowledge. And that's where it's in, the, in like, the Switchopedia. It's the encyclopedia of the Switch because it'll literally be a series at that point. Um, because uh, that's my thing is like I have a Sega Genesis book to get out. I have 500 reviews to write, um, <laughs> and I've been working on it for two years though. Like I've been working on it. the layout's already done, and I've been working on it. the problem with doing it like that, Barry, and sitting on it is that my skills inevitably and my quality inevitably upgrades every year, and so now I'm looking at my my Genesis layouts and I'm like, man, I can make it look way cooler now. Uh, that's, you know, hundred hours. So that's, a, of work. that's a benefit to benefit you know, to the benefit, everybody you know, who reads delaying it. in the way. Yeah, it is. And the thing is, is that since I started, there's been multiple books released on Sega too. Um, not in the collector realm. There's no collector books out there for it. So that's good. Um, and I'll do it. And then I'm going to do other consoles too, but I also have this switch opedia that i want to do and it's not that i have to do i want to do it so it's tough because people want my genesis book too and they're hitting me up about it like, hey when's that coming out and i'm like yeah it'll be out when it gets out it gets out <laughs> that's It'll the hipster going... artist in me <laughs> it's gonna be crazy when you when you think about you're done with with book one and you have your template and you're ready to go and and book three or volume three well, at this point, have to be no. no don't say volume. Three, say say uh, or, or year three. Year 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 yep. three will have to be the equivalent of three year one volume. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. Is that <laughs> we're at right now, and this is without JP's section. This is without the interviews. We're at two hundred and sixty-four pages done. Um, in the layouts right now, two hundred sixty-four pages in in volume one. Um, two hundred sixty-four pages is big. Yes. Um, it's going to be probably, oh, it's going to be over 300 pages without a doubt. Cause you have all the backer sections too. And they're all getting one to two pages each, all the contributors, all the interviews are going to be one to two pages each. JP's probably going to have about 20 to 30 pages, um, at least. And then I still, and I, this is the one thing that I haven't done and I haven't decided how far down the rabbit hole I want to go. Um, I haven't done my console like i i did the, I, i'm doing a section on the console launch like talking okay. about it but i haven't done the here's the nintendo switch it is does this this and this the technical layout i haven't done accessories oh god and i don't know if i want to do accessories maybe in the future an addendum to the switch collector is we do a whole book on <clears throat> accessories and I think that would be a cool thing that's a different realm. So that way I don't have to remember what freaking accessories and what controllers were released on year one. Year one, volume one, is the book, right? Yeah. And all the releases, 
of the games. It's the games in the book. I'm going to obviously do, and I'm doing the the actual what is the Switch, and then the year that the Switch Lite comes out, aka this year. Ugh. Um, I will do what <laughs> is the Switch Lite in that in that year. But I think that's my justification to not putting in all the accessories is to and all the different colors of Joy-Con and all that is to literally that would be its own addendum because that it's going to be 200 pages by the end yeah. of the switch like what, what well now here's here's another little slightly smaller rabbit hole uh-huh. but just out of curiosity are you going to make note if a game has a steelbook or not for the physical collectors um that's jp for sure and he is yeah, okay. he definitely is. Um, that's where his rabbit hole is never ending, and he <laughs> has to. Because the thing is, it's not that we don't want to cover it; it's that we need to consistently cover everything we cover in Volume One and in Year One throughout the entire remainder of the Switchopedia. So, being that consistency is the toughest part. Because if I add in all the Japanese-only releases that don't don't have English, which was a huge request from the backers, um, I have to do that going forward every volume. So where I compromised was I'm adding them but not writing about them. <laughs> so they're there, um, and it looks cool, and it looks actually the layout is very reminiscent of the complete NES, which is really interesting that it turned out like that. So, yeah, basically it's going to exist in a realm before it but literally it has the the box art it has about it it has the collector section and a screenshot it just doesn't have the paragraph right up but it looks the layouts are like vertical kind of like the complete nes was with its original release and it's kind of plain jane now to what i what where my layouts go now with some of the games and all the the different cool write-ups everything flows so much nicer now um, I actually am a huge advocate of the digital-only layouts. They look really awesome because there's a lot more art. You know, it's like the developer-based, yeah. yeah. um, the developer uh, banners and things I'm using, the stuff that they use for promotion because I want everybody to know exactly what the games are and see exactly what the developers and the publishers want you to see. Now, what would you do if you found out like a, a limited company like limited run or, or super rare or something took your book looked at the digital only sections and was like yep we're gonna make these physical now like we, we we've been inspired you have inspired us to to go after these and, we, and get these physical well it's it's the exact answer uh it's it's the subtitle of that section games we want to see get a physical release oh, okay. that, that <laughs> so works. so i would 100 percent. that's the goal is that <laughs> i want all these games that we think are pretty cool to get a little more exposure maybe those companies will pick out a game or two that would be a huge like boon for us number one as collectors we get more games preserved physically um and then number two is like i would be flattered that they you know got the book and and thought highly enough to be like hey this is awesome that i want i want to put out this game um let's hope that happens then yeah, I mean, I mean, inevitably, we're going to at least see one, I hope. <laughs> there's a lot of games in this digital-only section, I'm just saying. There's, there's well, like of some games. of them that you even mentioned have gotten physical on other platforms, like Earth Atlantis, PlayAsia did uh-huh. on PS4. So there's always that chance that they'll do it for Switch as well. Well, and I mean, so in the digital-only section, I got 54 games for year one. Oh, my God. Yeah, 54. And that's including Blaster Master Zero, which we know is going to get published. 
Uh, but supposedly. It's, <laughs> supposedly. And, and, and until we see it get shipped out, it's staying in the book because worn collectors. <laughs> like well, like collectors literally collectors only but that's why because when they went and back it's like well, we have to keep it in the books i deleted it was like the day or two after i deleted the worn collectors i don't know which game it was the the main one it was a panpaku or whatever yeah panpaku i deleted that's that one and i didn't save it for some reason and i'm like huh? oh i gotta redo it now and so I did, and it's it's in the in the book again. But like, I was like, man, I gotta keep it in the book until it gets released. That's where like a whole new world was just removed because it just came out. It was mailed as soon as they posted pictures that they have it physically. Then I'm removing it from the book. Yeah. Um. So that being said, I said, how many? What fifty four? Uh, year two is a hundred and thirty digital <sighs> only. And the, you obviously that's gonna get whittled down. But there's awesome games in there that haven't been released yet. Um, and then there's games that I probably haven't caught that have a physical release. Uh, Raging Justice got a release, right? Yes, that got a release yep. from uh, Strictly Limited. Gone. Songbringer got a release, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. No? See, Song is an action RPG. That's an amazing game. Uh, did The Way Remastered get a release yet? No, not no. that I'm aware of. So that's the thing is like some of these games probably will. Um but other games haven't has hyper light drifter gotten a switch release yet no that's a weird one too but i you heard would i am 8-bit would... might do it and i have question marks because some of the stuff i'm like eh, i am 8-bit release question mark like because like there's a rumored nicolas release of save me mr taco which is who knows what nicolas is doing right now with all well, their drama. yeah they had a lot of issues in the did um, and, oh they they're doing ikaruga did you see nicholas is doing ikaruga i did that's awesome um did our type dimensions get a release dimensions yes yes it did that was through strictly limited as well our type okay. dimensions dimensions did though oh wait wait was it which was one of the art types yeah see that's the thing so i'm leaving it until which i can confirm and, I, and that Hold i'm on. not i'm not gonna do no online. it is our type dimensions ex was released ex it's out already okay See, so that stuff will be getting deleted as I go through this list. I haven't created any spreads for it, so it's no issues. Did Lost Sea get a release? <laughs> See, because you have them all, I can pick your brain live on the yeah, playcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in my catalog right now. I'm scrolling Lost uh, no? Lost Child, Lost Fear. No. No, nope. see, see, so Lost Fear is probably what I'm thinking of. So that's the other thing is like so many games have a similar name. Um, the other stuff I'm gonna I'm gonna put in the digital only sections of the book is gonna be games that were on an original console or a port of an original console that never were released. So a game like Commander Keen and Keen Dreams uh, was never released on the original computer. Uh, yes, it was. Was it? In Keen yeah, Dreams, I had, I, I had Keen Dreams on three and a quarter inch floppy. Okay. Three and a half inch floppy so drive. something like that I may or may not include, uh, but like stuff that hasn't been released back in the day is the stuff that I would include in the digital only that I would love to see a physical release finally. I would a, love to see a physical Commander Keen for your Switch. There was absolutely a Neo Geo game that was unreleased that they put on Switch. So there's one. I think it was year two, I want to say. It might be year three. But either way, though, there's a million games. And without a doubt, I will be deleting games from this. So there won't be 130 um, like Owl was Awakening, I am surprised that has not gotten a physical release yet. 
I know it has an NES cartridge release of the soundtrack, <laughs> but it didn't get a physical release yet, as far as I'm tracking. So it, it may by the time the book comes out, though. Um, one of your double dip ones, Super Hadora, has a Super Nintendo box from from Limited Run Games for the for the uh, PS4 that I have, but it's not on the Switch physically yet. So yeah, it was Vita had one as well. Yeah, I mean the rabbit hole with Switch collecting goes deep, and then documenting it kind of live is is fun. Um, and in the end, like I'm not gonna go back and re-release unless there's like some major thing i'm not going to re-release volume one of the switch collector and remove those games once it's in volume one it's in volume one and i'll just note that it was covered in volume one due to whatever in the future volume if it gets a physical release you know what i mean yeah like i'm not going to delete digital only titles from volume one once it's published it's published um an example though would be as if my complete layout and style changed and like when i re-release the complete nes it's gonna have a different style for layout work um still gonna be the same same book essentially just new style and but with but with the um switch collector like the layouts look amazing so can't wait keep teasing i can't wait for us to finally be like it's launched <laughs> let's talk about year two (laughs) yeah exactly i mean that's literally what it's going to be is that i work on like three to four projects at the same time at all times um so i'll be working on and and that's how i uh, avoid writer's block so i can't just sit here and write every damn day like i'm working on layouts and i'm working on research i love doing research and stuff and like just finding out rabbit holes of the internet where I find new NES homebrew games or like crazy stuff. And with the Switch, there are there are things that I've found, like even from year one, that like JP didn't even know existed from a collector perspective. Um, I mentioned on like old, old Playcast episodes. Um, you might want to listen. Um, no. <laughs> uh, it was, one of them was, um, did you know that they do military challenge coins with game releases at military exchanges. And so there's a military um, challenge coin for Doom. (laughs) So if you're a completionist and you want every piece of every release, Doom has a military challenge coin. Now, where the rabbit hole goes deep is, I'm not 100% sure if that was only with the original Xbox One release and PS4 release, or if they had them with the switch release and then if some exchanges actually gave a coin cause they had extras and put it with the switch game release cause they do that. So that's part of a full, you know, if you want every piece of art, and that's, that is a huge rabbit hole. That's I mean like a rabbit hole, like, man, like there's like RBI baseball, I think 18 had a coin. If from like certain game stops, if you pre-ordered it or, yep. So no, to like... me, that is the same as wanting to get all the steel books. There's so little of those challenge coins that it's really cool. It's like Bethesda does them a lot. So, um, so I would, I got, I have the, or I, I will have the Doom one. They're not super expensive. I think they're twenty dollars for the coin though, um, online if you want to buy one from a eBay. I'm or good. But, I'm good. I've... But it's like literally, if you want a challenge coin collection from the Switch, it's like there's like two. So 
that's cool. And then when new ones, Human Wolfenstein, pretty much. Um, <laughs> so, or Witcher three, um, Skyrim. Yeah, and it's all the big AAA releases usually that get them, because uh, the but the the companies that put them out they don't put them out that much. Just like Steelbooks right now, there's not a, a ton of them um, comparatively to 220 games released since July. And there's not a lot of them in the states either, which makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I mean, so the thing is, is those are the type of things that are would make it tough to document, but also are rabbit holes that pop up later that are tough to add to a book so that's where i'm thinking that doing an after switch accessories book if there's enough people that want it i mean because if nobody wants it like i don't really want to spend you know 200 hours researching every single accessory on the switch if nobody wants it like (laughs) that's the other thing (laughs) and i have a million books i'm doing so i mean i'm just looking up here and i'm like man complete genesis (laughs) <laughs> I have a culture chronicles of books that I've done. I've done 1990, 1991 doing a highlight of all the games that were released. And it's a cool, like coffee table book. Um, I have to do 92 still. <laughs> you would benefit so much from an extra 12 hours every day. I would, I would. Um, but the thing is, is that I also, because it's a hobby, like I don't spend every waking moment working on stuff when I'm not working. I, we do a playcast. We, um, I also play games. I also spend a lot of time with my family. So, Which are all very important things. Yeah, like I'm not going to just do just one thing, which I'm still – I've put out 13 books in the last four to five years. It's crazy. It's like two And you're moving. <laughs> and I've moved three times in this time that I've done this. Four times, I think, since I've been – running publishing company and publishing books. So it's like, I still am putting out tons of crazy books that people are loving. And, you know, some of them are 630 pages in that time frame. <laughs> that was the super Nintendo one. And <laughs> holy cow. And I put out two super Nintendo books. I put out three NES books, not just one. So, <laughs> cause my, two Super Nintendo books. I did the complete Super Nintendo, which is the collector's guide. And then I put out the Super Nintendo compendium, which is like a, I think it's over 200, maybe 300 pages of stories on the Super Nintendo. And I did that for the NES and Nintendo compendium. That's complete NES. And then NES oddities in the homebrew revolution, which is another 500 pages of all NES aftermarket stuff and arcade stuff. And like, so yeah, the rabbit hole goes deep, man. And <laughs> Ah, I love it. Love it. (laughs) And the thing is, who knows with the Switch what other kind of cool ideas I'll come up with to do supplemental books for the Switch, too. Um, I might not include the interviews in the Switch Collector and might actually just have an interview book. That would be cool, actually. Yeah. And because I don't really feel like I'm going to be able to get all the interviewees, um, all the different companies and everything in a timely manner to get the book out. And so I might just, I'm still going to do all the interviews and it might just go into a book and then, you know, I'll just create like the first volume of that. Um, you know, cause I've seen like different types of books where they'll do like interview pro wrestlers. She used to be bouncers in nightclubs and that's a book <laughs> yeah. and, and it's super interesting to read. And he's done like two or three volumes of that now. And like, I could do something like that where it's like, programming the switch or you know what i mean and then just 
do that in the future. And somebody listening might be able to, you know, do it before I do it because I'm going to be doing the switch collector first. I will tell you that. <laughs> That's my priority. <laughs> and then, then if they do a switch pro or a switch two, it's just going to keep going down. <laughs> Well, and that's just it, is if they keep the Switch line going, I'll keep the series going. Like, it might start the volume over when Switch 2, if it uses its own proprietary, you know, format and backward compatible, I'll start a new volume one of Switch Pro or whatever. But um, it'll be, I'll keep it going because it's part of the same family, right? Yeah, I think that's one of those things. Like, if there's the next successor is like a Switch too. Like, I'm gonna do probably like the limited companies games and like the big Nintendo games and stuff. I really want to play and like not going for a full set. <laughs> it's like well, yeah, enough's enough. <laughs> well, a lot of you completionists thought the Switch initially was gonna be like the Wii U and then just yep. started the rabbit hole and can't stop yep. now. That's and, exactly what happened. I mean, because that's why JP was going for everything ever released. He's like, oh, it's the Wii U style. And then he had to tail it back to just the release, the game releases. And he only gets the limited editions that he really wants. And I don't even know if he's keeping those anymore. Um, but he's still like getting almost all those because then he's reviewing them and then he's, you know, selling them at cost to the community, which is awesome. So, yeah. but like that way he can build his brand and still help the community. But it's insane to me that um, the Switch is crazy, but it's fun. I love the style of all the releases. Um, yep. Speaking of releases, let's go over what we got yes. real quick, and then we'll wrap up this episode because it's a Sounds little crazy. Good. I have uh, <laughs> I had a freaking topic, too, that we could have talked about. We don't have time for that this, this episode. Next time. Next time. Um, so I only got a few games, but I here's what I got in this week. On the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> um, all mine are older games that you already undoubtedly have. Um, first one that I got, which... I've played two of, of them. I got four games for Black Friday. All from Best Buy. Um, I got Rayman Legends. Um, been Great wanting game. that for so long. I beat the entire first world this week that I just played just sitting down in one setting. Um, it's so fun. I love that game. And... I need to get my daughter to jump on and play some co-op with me. I think she'll enjoy it. Um, but so I got Rayman Legends, um, Contra Rogue Core. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so you say you're sorry, but the game's awesome. So here's the thing: it's not Contra. It is a twin stick shooter. It's a yep. twin stick shooter. If you go into it knowing it's a twin stick shooter with a lot of cursing and, and ambiance, and it's a little grindy. Um, I've enjoyed it so far. I played uh, a couple missions, and it's fun. It's over the top. It's a little um, repetitive, but the thing is is that I'm only going to play one level every once in a blue moon when I want to throw it in, um, which is perfect for the price that I got it for on Black Friday. Um, it's definitely not Contra. I really want them to do a daggone side-scrolling Contra, though. My God. Please do that. So good. Please do that. <laughs> um, however, uh, they got so much negative backlash that either they're going to just not do another Contra game, or they're going to listen to us and put out an, you know, like a Contra Four on the Switch. They just released Contra Four on the Switch, shrunk her down somehow. That'd be amazing. Didn't they already do Contra Four? Wasn't it on the DS? Exactly. I want them to port it on the Switch oh, okay. in HD. I thought you meant like a new game. Like yeah, exactly. Just just re. 
where we go over it with a you know a little paintbrush and kind of make it so it's not relying on two screens. I would just make that Contra Collection physical. I'll be happy with that. Contra Collection physical would be nice. Um, Castlevania Collection too physical. That'd be nice. Um, let's see what else did I got? I got Assassin's Creed Three. Um, big fan of the Assassin's Creed series. I know that this week or next week, very soon, this month at least, they're releasing uh, the next series of Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it's this week. Okay, cool. So listeners can get this week. Um, and they're doing the double with one not on the cartridge. Um, classic Ubisoft. Uh, not wanting to put all their crap on a, on a cartridge and making us oh, download. Oh, both were on the cartridge. Uh, not on the new one that's getting released. Uh, oh, Assassin's Creed 3, I think they're both on the cartridge. I think. Don't quote me. Um, but definitely the new one is not because I was watching a video on YouTube about games that are coming out this month. Um, and they said, oh yeah, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which I think is what Force called, and then there's yep. like an underrated game that's with it, but it's download only, and I'm like, ugh. Rogue? Isn't Rogue that comes with it, which is like the sequel to Probably, yeah. And so that one's not on the cartridge according to that video. That video could be wrong. I mean, we've seen that before, but um, yeah, so I'll, I'll end up getting that one too, and it's more affordable. I don't get those games new because Ubisoft is just literally trying to cash in money, and it's unfortunate because I would like to see it get the full, you know, the full love and support it needs, and have printing on the inside of the cover, which Contra Roll Court does have printing on the inside of the cover. <laughs> Yay! Konami yeah. did something. Whereas Rayman Legends and Assassin's Creed does Doesn't. not. Nope. Um, the fourth game that I got is Friday the 13th. So, thank goodness. Very fitting for Christmas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you see my uh, my Christmas uh, card that's going out. It's my wife and I and daughter with the two Santa killers from Silent Night, Deadly Night. So, nice. <laughs> it says, uh, what is it? It's like don't be naughty or get punished. That's what it says. And we're sending that out to family. So <laughs> like, it's classic. So, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of, of scary movies. Love them. Uh, and Friday the 13th. Awesome. Done by huge mega fans. Kane Hodder. One of the Jasons is integral in giving mocap for it. And Tom Savini, the guy who did all the makeup work on a lot of the original Jason movies did has his own Jason. So, um, it's super cool to see it getting a release on the switch and I'll have to see how single player bot mode is because obviously the Switch's internet is still not great. Um, but playing it, um, online is, is really fun. It's a trip. Uh, I was, I've had it on the Xbox one when I backed it on Kickstarter. So, um, and I got the exclusive Jason skin, which I don't think they have on the switch or if they, yeah, it's like on fire, Jason, or something. It's crazy looking, hell spawn, Jason. But um, but yeah, it's super fun. You literally get to play as Jason and kill the campers, or you play as all the campers and try to escape. And it's like a you know a little game of mouse and cat and mouse. So super cool, and glad to finally get it. I procrastinated for a while because I, again, with these major releases, I'm I'm just waiting. Um, and. That's what I got. What are your major Switch gets from, since you got over, over 100 freaking games, um, what are your major Switch gets for Black well, Friday, since you have well, most of them? Well, the Black Friday, I didn't 
didn't really get Switch stuff. Like I said, like when I got those games, it was like 360 PS3 games. It was the stuff they were getting rid of, so I got it for cheap. Yeah. Um, but I did get a couple things uh, from from Best Buy. They had the um, limited run. Speaking of them, they had the Torak One and Two and the uh, Time Spinner. Um, they are variant covers, and oh. I also have uh, the Time Time Spinner directly from uh, Limited Run came in as well. Huh. Um, I just I love I the I, I love the Best Buy covers because the Best Buy covers are the N sixty four box art covers and did I get I, Turok? That's the did question. you did you? Um, I got the Turok Classic Edition bundle. So yeah. Oh, you got the yeah. So I, I these are standards. I'm I'm not going for the N sixty four. I'm cards. not going to double dip. I mean, no. I just like I, I double dip for the the different box arts, but I really like the Best Buy box arts like. Their classic Torak, and I hope, mm-hmm. I hope we get Torak three in Rage Wars, um, complete the N sixty four set. And Rage Wars, Torak three cool, Seeds evil, but um, Rage Wars. I like, eh. I like Rage. I had fun with Rage Wars. I, had <laughs> I did. Fun. I did not have fun with Rage Wars. I honestly, I only like one and two. Um, I didn't really even like three. Two is Seeds evil, not three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of three or Rage Wars, so I'm okay if they don't come over. But but it's part of the trilogy, you know. It's quadrilogy. You don't, or quadrilogy, really. But well, at least Tark <laughs> three, you know, it's it's a numbered sequel. It, yeah. It's kind of incomplete. I also got uh, Let's Sing 2020 uh, from Whoa. the UK, uh, which I know is is one of JP's absolute favorite series of all time. Um, <laughs> getting all the, the Let's Sing. However, while I'm not a fan of it, my wife recently discovered it and loves doing karaoke, but doesn't like to sing in front of people. So she absolutely loves it. <laughs> so oh, perfect! It's it's great. She, you know, I pretty much opened the box. So it was her handed her the box and all, and said, "Here, this one's for you." <laughs> I'm surprised my wife hasn't gotten into those yet. I mean, because she loves doing karaoke. I am yeah, surprised. that's really all it is. I'm it's surprised. Karaoke. Not yet, though. I think my wife just kind of doesn't want to deal with the Switch because I keep buying games for it and it annoys her. No. <laughs> and that's just because I keep buying them. Like, she doesn't the care. The is getting her one so she can get in on playing. Well, you know what I got my daughter for Christmas? Yes, yes, I do. And so we have an extra Switch Lite. Yes, but you need to you need to make sure she's aware of that, and you gotta get it in her hands. Maybe you have to wait till I mean, Animal Crossing. She might be. Gotta find a different. hook. I gotta find a hook. Get a hook. You, you gotta realize it's not Animal Crossing. My wife was playing Grand Theft Auto Online last night with her ass clown uh, oh. mob that she created. That she's the mob boss. What about of. Saints Row? Yeah. Well, she Saints only Rose. likes Grand Theft Auto Five. She hates the Saints Row series because it's not Grand Theft Auto Five. It's tough. Like if her group of online gamers will play it then she'll play it on the ps4 and a lot of them only have ps4 uh and don't venture over to switch and what about she, single player games she's all about online right now because uh, she's she started playing with our nephews so that's part of her okay. crew um i we might end up getting two ps4s in the future and being able to dual play online or if i can get her to play like switch online would work then we'd be good but, like it's <laughs> a whole other topic for Jesus. a whole other day exactly so i mean eventually i might be able to get her um so there was one other thing i want to touch on before we we hang up <laughs> and i actually came across a random when i was going through my list a random obscure game that i forgot about that i needed to beat and okay. so I'd like to cover that at the end of each one is if we come across the random obscurity that we came across. Um, and so Deltarune chapter one, I forgot right. that I needed to finish that. And I played it last night and finished it up. 
and Deltarune, you know, the sequel to Undertale, um, chapter one, uh, was free to download. And you can play the whole first chapter. And it's amazing. And it does a little bit different nuances than the original Undertale. And, like, for example, if you want to do the pacifist run, which that was the major hook of Undertale, is that you play it like a traditional RPG. And after you beat it, they're like, by the way, you weren't supposed to kill everyone. They're all real people. You were the bad guy the whole time. They're all real people. And then so you go through a pacifist run. And then it's like, oh, yeah, but we remember you killed all those people in the last playthrough. (laughs) <laughs> that's like when you play it the second time on the computer it's like oh you guys realize that i i did kill everyone and now you want and now you realize like so there's multiple endings and it was really smart yeah. and I remember like the end boss crashed your computer uh yeah <laughs> so cool um and i didn't play i haven't beaten it on the switch yet undertale but deltrune came out it's a sequel so i was like well i need to play it and i played through part of it and you have a a party member where she goes and tries to kill everyone, regardless if you try to do a pacifist run, she just does her own thing. Like she's her own person um, for a while. And so that's interesting nuances is you got to try to like strategically, if you want to play pacifist, which having the guilty knowledge, I know that by the end of Delta rune, all the chapters that they're going to be like, well, you shouldn't have played as a pacifist. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to mess with you. And it's going to be all monsters and they killed everybody else. You should hey, have been killing them. Exactly. It's going to be great. I love, I love how they, how, how Toby Fox writes all this. And that's why there's multiple, um, multiple different fan theories. And that's where game theory with that and FNAF <laughs> five nights at Freddy's, they came on the map with their theories and it's, Super cool to see. Um, yeah, as uh, I definitely have enjoyed it, and it's an amazing little uh, little game. It took a few hours to beat, like overall. And yeah, it's only chapter one. Yeah, and it was great. I like the little hit hook at the end, and <laughs> little like thing at the end that happens. And <laughs> don't tell me. I, I I'm I'll probably play it when it's finished. Uh, my friend pretty much told me I needed to play Undertale. And I yes. said, I'll make a deal with you. I'll play Undertale if you play Doki Doki Literature Club. Um, so we made that deal. And, and of course, I, I played Undertale. And, and I did the same thing. Traditional RPG grinded, killed things. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, man. Uh, but I got him to play Doki Doki Literature Club, which is great. So Just remember, Pepperidge Farm remembers. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> so does Toby Fox. When you play your game, it remembers everything. <laughs> and that's awesome that it does that. Like, it just literally remembers when you, unless you completely on the Switch delete everything with the game and start over from scratch, it's going to remember that you killed people. Yep. And- that's, that's crazy. Okay. I love it. And so, like, that's the same thing with Deltarune is I want to do it however the developer releases it because I want to have that experience because he is releasing it chapter by chapter, which means that inherently there's going to be something, some part of the experience that you're going to be able to have by getting it episodically. And then later on, when you play it as a full experience, it'll be different because the developer is is genius. Is one of those you know amazing artists. So I think that it's going to be a, a, a two ways to play the game. And so I'm going to play it like I'm doing now, which is I'm trying for pacifist. Uh, haven't killed anybody yet. Um, so I'm going to try to do that going forward, and then. I want to um, then if something happens where they they hook us like like they probably will, then I'm going to definitely go through a, a second time and then play it all the way through, which I think will be fun. So, yeah, that's so, yeah, the way I'm doing. 
I'll probably wait until it's all done. I like, like I, I don't mind episodic games, but it's kind of like watching TV shows. Like if it's a current thing, I'll watch it episode by episode. Yeah. But if it's, I prefer it all available where I could just binge. And well, well, Barry, uh, this is a current thing, Barry. It's a current thing. It's a current thing. It's a current. I know. Thing. I know it's a current <laughs> thing. But there's too many of the games. Oh, there's <laughs> infinite games. No time, Barry. No time, Barry. We no time, on. Barry. <laughs> we that's both thought the same thing you. at the same time. No time, Barry. Uh, and that's just it, though. Is that you're right? There's a million games to play. Um, and but that was one I forgot about. Because I was just going through, I'm like, oh, what can I play digitally while I'm waiting for this update for Portal Knights for my daughter to live? Uh, which was a huge update, by the way. Uh, Portal Knights is like Minecraft, um, almost. I think there's a whole story mode, too. There is. So, um, But like, I was waiting for that to load, and I'm like, oh, let me play this. And I'm like, oh, I forgot about Deltarune. And then I just ended up playing that all night. Um, instead of <laughs> Downwell and trying to beat that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that being said... We're under two hours, so let's cut it. Um, <laughs> you can find me, as always, at HigginsAlley.com, uh, where you'll see the newest episodes, as well as all the books that are available. We still have a couple hidden gaming gems left, um, and I haven't updated the site, so I, the stock's going to show the same until I get around to it. But it once it's gone, it's gone, um, and it will update in my warehouse. <laughs> I promise you that. Um, and I have had some sales um so definitely go there at Hagen's alley on facebook the twitter and at Hagen's alley books on instagram where can they find you barry on twitter i'm at hawk hellfire on youtube at nintendo fuse facebook and nintendo fuse so as always thanks for listening and remember we didn't mention what the next game of the week is because next week we're going to talk about the top games of 2019 um, as well as the most underrated games, because the top, the top f- games of the year, we're probably gonna have a lot of overlap. But I feel like mm-hmm. underrated is gonna be cool because we're gonna pick out some stuff that the other wasn't thinking about, and maybe some of the listeners haven't heard of. So it'll be fun. I think it's gonna be a great episode for people looking for that great holiday game this year, or even a good holiday gift, because you'll probably you might discover something you just didn't know existed. Uh, One other thing I'm going to throw in there that I didn't tell Barry about is we're going to do the biggest game from 2019 that we've been wanting to play but haven't. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Do a a curveball right here. This is live. I I, I did not know about this. All right. I'll roll with this. Let's do this. Yeah, we're going to do that next week too. So I'm going to give him a week to prep, obviously. So that's great. Thankfully, he gives me some time graciously. <laughs> Unlike JP, who I would just ask him live on the playcast because it's fun. To I can actually react. answer that right now. Me too, but we won't because we're under two hours, Barry. <laughs> yes, save it for next time. That, exactly. There's our clip, our, our hook. Come back next week. Dun, same dun, bad time, dun. same bad channel. <laughs> and thanks, everybody, as always, for listening. We will see you next week. Have a great day. Have a great day.